Radio, and welcome to NXT Talk, the show where we talk about all things NXT. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. You know, Boris, it might be a different kind of episode for NXT Talk, because generally, I'm pretty positive anyway. I think both of us are pretty positive. We we like wrestling. We like to support it. But I am sick. I am miserable. I hated this show. Buddy, I'm full angry Agnew right now. I am I am on the bitter bus. How you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I uh, It's been a long week, man. It's been a long week. But, yeah. You know, this is the issue. After an excellent stand and del- uh, deliver after an yeah. excellent WrestleMania weekend, we get that show that we watched last night. And NXT 2.0 has this thing. After a big show, and the big shows they tend to do well on, I don't know, it's just like, is it changing direction? Is it new booking, new stories? But I feel like, you know, it, it, it's two steps forward, 20 steps back. Yeah, two steps forward and then a full-on sprint in the opposite direction. Uh, Yeah, man, it's so weird. They have a big show. Usually the 2.0 shows are good. Like the big shows, uh, Halloween Havoc, uh, we saw uh, Vengeance Day was pretty good. Stand and Deliver stood and delivered. But every time they have a big show, they follow it up with just a disaster. Just a fucking stinker, buddy. I did not like a lot of the show. There were two decent matches. I don't think I had time for anything else on the show, though. Yeah, I think this is going to be a uh, very quick review show to say the least because honestly you know i don't want to i don't want to be here talking too much shit about this show but it just was not good it just was not good i did not enjoy myself you know here's the thing i take notes everyone knows i take notes during this show i struggled to take notes because i just couldn't pay attention like it just was not a good show yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I'm I'm sick. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but yeah, I got sick for the first time in two years. The the masks have been working for me anyway. I have been I've been out and about to some extent, but I've been pretty like you know responsible. I I feel like, and my friggin' boss shows up to work sick as a dog, and now we're all sick, or at least I am, and yeah, I'm uh, not pleased about it. But uh, it is not COVID. Uh, I can tell you that for sure. So yeah, I was just I was just bitter anyway, and then this wrestling show came on, and it was just like just nonsense and dog shit up and down the card. Yeah, it was just, it was just it. A lot of it just didn't make sense, right? And we'll chat about some stuff, and you know maybe they're thinking about certain things, and maybe some people are gonna be called up. That's why certain things happen. But at the end of the True. day, the show just felt non like it just felt like nonsense. It just felt like if yesterday's show didn't happen, and we just jump into next week's show. You wouldn't even notice. Guaranteed, yeah. There, like, like we said, like we'll talk about the main event was pretty solid. It was kind of a strange decision, but I do agree with your point that you just made about people going up. I think that might be why the main event happened the way that it did. But yeah, man, yeah, we'll just we'll just talk about it. But yeah, like, Rand, like, who is Tony D'Angelo's new sidekick? This guy, this guy sucks so bad. We'll talk about him in detail a little bit. But ah. Just, yeah, yeah, weird, weird the professional one, wrestling television. The one major takeaway is, dude, we get a lot of stuff right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too uh, Barry Horowitz yourself too hard. But, yeah, you, you're uh, you're on fire right now with the calls, big homie. Yeah, man. Um, All right, so before we talk about NXT 2.0, I never thought I would say this on NXT Talk, but I think we should talk about Raw for one 
split second. Wow. Interesting. So I sat down and watched Raw for the first time in like years that I wasn't asked to to review podcasts or something, right? Like willingly of my own volition, sat down and watched Raw. Quite enjoyed the Cody promo. I thought that was brilliant. I did not last the full three hours. But uh, yeah, well, how did you feel about Cody Rhodes? I thought that was an excellent promo. I really like that. Uh, you know, he's just being presented as a megastar. Right. And and that's all you needed to do. The guy built himself up in the Indies and, you, you know, you just present them as this superstar that, 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 you know, that he could be or whatever. Right. And, and you know, credit to where credit is due. WWE has done right with him so far. Right. Um, as long as the booking stays strong and the, the fans are going to stay behind him as soon as something like they, they, they book him like an idiot. I can see the fans starting to drop off. And then you're going to get AEW, Cody, right? Because that's exactly what happened in AEW. This guy was the hottest thing when AEW started. Like, the reactions and the fan reactions that he was getting was just insane, right? But his booking, the decisions, wherever they were made, Brandy and all that fun stuff just kind of added up. And, and, and you know, here we are. Yeah, man. Yeah, there were some misses on promos, like the Anthony Agogo one being like a pretty egregious miss. Almost everything Brandy ever did in AEW was bad and brought down the whole uh, nightmare collective. So uh, I think it's a it's a fresh start. It's a fresh coat of paint, and it's it's an intriguing story that Cody has. I'm very excited to see him chase the world title. I'm I want to see how this plays out, and I can't remember the last WWE story that I felt that way about. Yep. All right, the other thing I wanted to talk about about Raw was the NXT Championship match because that came literally out of nowhere. It seems like, you know, there was just an empty slot on the on the booking sheet and they threw that match together. That's how I felt. I thought it was a stupid decision at first. I thought it was a weird decision because I kind of feel like, you know, after Raw and last night's show, this was my original thinking, just remember that, you know, stand and deliver kind of, you know, it, it, as good as the show was, it was kind of meaningless to a certain extent. I know what you mean, yeah, because a lot of things that happened on that show have already been reversed, have already been changed up, and uh, yeah, directions have uh, that we thought we were going in are not necessarily the case. But yeah. uh, I, I, I like the match. It was okay. I do like. It's a fine decision. Like we'll hold off the world title on the pay per view, put the kid on NXT or on WWE Raw, where there's going to be so many more eyes on exactly. him. Let him win the title there. That's exactly it. You know what? I saw a lot of people complaining, even on the Facebook group, and that was ultimately that was the call that WWE made was let's get all the eyes on this Braun Breaker with 2K kids, have the match on Raw, see if, you know, and it's also kind of like a tryout in a sense, right? But get all the attention that they can and then see if that attention can 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 muster its way into NXT 2.0. So I kind of understand it from that point of view, right? Like, and, and I, I, I appreciate that decision, of, of them actually giving a shit about NXT because you know that black and gold, this would have never happened. Yeah. Or like in small doses, it happened, but like once out of like a five or six year period, did they actually get behind NXT and want to push them to that degree? So yeah, man, it was, it, it was interesting to see. I do. I am intrigued that WWE treats 2.0 as canon now that's also that's yeah. that's really cool but yeah man this show sucks a lot sometimes <laughs> oh i know i know and yesterday was just like honestly i think yesterday was one of the worst 2.0 episodes period i would agree with that i i can get behind that for sure they were bad at the start and then they kind of picked up but yeah this reminded me of a september 2.0 do you yep. want to uh do you want to review that match for Marah? 
Yeah, that's exactly why we're talking about it. So, Let's yeah. do it, buddy. Yeah, so, you know, the match was pretty similar in, 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 in style to the Saturday match. But one thing I really did appreciate was the fact that Braun Breaker kind of learned from his mistakes, right? Like, that was a story. It's, okay, Ziggler beat me because he was being cheap. Ziggler beat me because of Bobby Roode. So I'm going to take Bobby Roode completely out of the equation, and I'm not going to let Ziggler do what he did to me on Saturday. And I kind of love how they even did the ending of the match in the middle of the match where, you know, Braun Breaker hits the turnbuckle, gets super kicked, but only for a two count. Yeah, actually, he didn't hit the turnbuckle. He was smart enough to avoid the turnbuckle yes, yes. and kind of, kind of, yeah, kind of gave it a look like this. This motherfucker's trying this again, and then he turned around into the super kick. So I kind of like that because th- he was like he was still a rookie. He did still make a rookie mistake, but he is learning. So yeah, I thought that was actually like pretty brilliant, like a little bit of layered uh, storytelling there. But yeah, no, I thought this was not as good as the main event of Stand and Deliver. Still, for sure, a good wrestling match. And Braun Breaker wins pretty clean and reclaims the NXT title, which is the last time we're going to see the old one because there was a new belt on this show. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, how, how many Breakers with two Ks would you give this match? <laughs> we're going to give this three Ks out of a fo- possible five Ks. So it's a 60% Breaker with uh, two Ks percentage on this one. Excellent. All right, so... Before we move on to NXT 2.0's episode, Matt, what are we going to use for the rating system? So uh, I'm bounce this off you. Does the uh, so the new NXT title belt has like a little bit of multicolor in the background? It almost looks like a gaming computer. It does. It honestly does. <laughs> it also looks like Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Nice, nice. I, I love it. So yeah, we could go gaming computers, Technicolor belts. Something about this new vibrant title belt. Let's go Technicolor belts. I love it. I love it. Out of five. All right. So the show starts off with highlights from NXT Stand and Liver. Uh, We see, you know, highlights from Braun Breaker um, defeating Ziggler from Raw. Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett were on commentary. Show opens up with the new NXT champion, Braun Breaker, making his entrance in street clothes. Wade Barrett talks about how the weekend was big for Breaker, where he got to induct his father and uncle, Rick and Scott Steiner, into the Hall of Fame. Breaker takes the mic. He said he had quite the ups and downs of a weekend. Breaker soaks in the cheers. But also, did you notice? Okay, I'm going to pause for one second because this, not only was this a shit show, but this crowd fucking hijacked the show. Oh, man. This was a very, very annoying crowd. One of the most annoying crowds I can remember, honestly. Hijack the show is a perfect way to put it. They were just entertaining themselves. Yeah, definitely they ruined the show. They did not add to the show. I can't remember the last time I could say that about a wrestling crowd. Like, we're talking about some, like, Royal Rumbles that Daniel Bryan had or something. And even then, that had, like, a morbid fun to it. This this was, like, one of the worst crowds I can remember ever. It ruined this show almost. Yeah, like, this is, like, full-sale levels of cringe, right? Like, you know, some full-sale crowds were pretty annoying. This is by far the worst. So the reason why I bring that up is because as Braun Breaker was talking, you get the We Want Ziggler chance out of nowhere. Number one, who the fuck wants Ziggler on NXT? (laughs) You know, it's just so weird. Like, this crowd really was there to entertain themselves and kind of get themselves hurt. It was just a very strange crowd. Then, obviously... 
The other part of the crowd says, no, we don't. Uh, Breaker was talking about um, being at a high point when he inducted his father and uncle to the Hall of Fame, but then having a low point because he didn't win back the NXT championship. Breaker talks about witnessing great stars like Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Stone Cold, Kevin Owens at Mania. He said that inspired him to want to promise to headline Mania one day that he's not leaving Dallas without the NXT championship. Breaker said that he picked himself back up, challenged Ziggler on the biggest Raw of the year. He said he beat Ziggler's ass, brought the NXT Championship back to where it belongs, um, and this is when the new shitty Imperium theme uh, plays. Gunther, Marcel Bartel, and Fabian Aikner make their entrance to the new Imperium theme. Gunther said Breaker had quite the story, but nobody cares about Breaker's weekend. Gunther said he's here for the title. He also said that means that you're the best in NXT, um, and you can't consider yourself the best unless you get in the ring with the ring general. Uh, Breaker said that if Gunther wants a fight, he's got it. Uh, then Breaker themes plays, and then as he's leaving, the Creed brothers and Bivens kind of just uh, come out. Yeah, very uh, kind of a weird anticlimactic ending to this. But, hey, cool. Uh, Breaker versus Gunther was a good match. The only thing that uh, really kept my attention throughout this show. Actually, no, there's another good match too. But, yeah, uh, cool. Good good opening promo. One of the highlights of this show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Breaker's not too bad on the mic, I got to say. No, he's okay. He's definitely figuring it out. And, like, they're keeping him in, uh, you know, keeping his speeches small, short. He's uh, he's doing it in small doses, but that's the way it's got to be done. So I think I agree. My biggest takeaway, aside from like the whole, you know, setting up the angle at for the end of the show, uh, was you know, the fact that when he was naming off big stars, he also named off Kevin Owens. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, definitely love that. All right, so this... He is a big star. Are you kidding me? He no, I know. He main event WrestleMania against Stone Cold. It's just so need, nice to hear it, though. People need to remember that, right? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Kevin Owens is a star. WWE trusts him enough to put him in the ring with Stone Cold. F yeah, buddy. You know, and same can be said about Sami Zayn, right? Like, they trust him enough to have this match with a quote-unquote celebrity. <laughs> quote-unquote. Well, Knoxville's a celebrity. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we use the term celebrity very loosely in wrestling world. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right. But yeah, like this, uh, everything about this show was so weird because we like the commercial breaks kind of just happen throughout the show. Right. And then we come back and we're straight into match number one, which was the Creed brothers, Julius and Brutus versus Marcel Bartel and Fabian Aikner Imperium. Yeah, I like starting in the action, but, like, why not ring a bell, show us the matches happening? Like, it kind of is just confusing, and it just feels lazy to just kind of start a cold match from commercial break, right? So that, that was weird. Oh, man. D was there an angle that happened here when to explain why Fabian Eichner walked out on his partner and just kind of ended Imperium? No. Did I miss no. something? Right? Like, it just, to me, it just sounds very weird. Like, it's like, it's like Eichner just got pissed off in the middle of the match and just leaves uh, Marcel in the middle of the ring by himself to get his ass kicked by the Creed brothers. It's just so lazy to just do nothing. Like, he tried, he, he was noticeably, like, upset. He was irritated, right? Like, he was kind of, like, pissed off. He, uh, he was trying to get Barthel to tag him, and I guess, like, he just... 
we're supposed to believe that he just gave up on his partner. Like Barthel just gave him, just didn't tag in soon enough. So Eggner just quit. He just walked yeah. away. But it's just like, they have not had a second, a second of miscommunication before that. They were, they were a tight, uh, awesome tag team. This is the, one of the worst decisions. Like, why would you break these guys up? Why would you do it with no angle? Where is the storytelling? Where is the thought? Where is the effort? This fucking pissed me off so much. I was so upset. Like, why? Why would you break these guys up? Arguably the best team in your company. The, get, the part that gets to me the most is the past few weeks we've been praising NXT about their storytelling and how fluid and good and proper their storytelling is. And then they do this. They do this. It just like, it just so lazy. Like, how bad a writer do you have to be to not even try? Try something. Give us like, give us a pebble a week ago. You know what I mean? Let us see some kind of dissension in these ranks. If you want to yet again do the only story you do with tag team partners, which is that they're pissed off at each other. Ah, just terrible, lazy horseshit. Yeah. Hated it. Hated you know, it. Even if the commentators said something, and the commentators at least made sense of this match, right? The the entire point of this match was that the Creed brothers were pissed off, um, or sorry, that uh, like the, the the other two teams were mad at each other that MSK won the tag team belt, right? So that's why this match was was the way that it was. But between Imperium, there was zero explanation, zero reasoning. Aikner just yep. leaves Bartel hanging uh, high and dry. The Creed brothers uh, trade quick tags. They double team Bartel as he's like bleeding from his from his head. Uh, the Creed's uh-huh. um, Brutus hits Bartel with an Argentine press slam. Julius hits Bartel with a basement lariat, gets the win in about 11 minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah, t- tough one to rate because like the the action was fine, and Marcel Barthel is an incredible wrestler, as is Fabian Eichner. But the story that they but, told, I hated so much. But Matt, you know how we rate matches. So, oh so, yes, so this buddy. match needs to take a hit because of the stupid, lackluster, lazy storytelling that was told. Hundred percent, man. That's how I feel too. So it was like, yeah, uh, on the Dave Meltzer scale, probably three, two and a half, three, easy below the Mendoza line. So uh, let's go. Let's go. Actually, I- I'm gonna go with one uh, Technicolor belt out of five because it made me that angry. Why would you break up this team? Why would you do nothing to do it? Just have one guy walk out on the other. Ah, ah, so dumb, so lazy, so pointless. God, I hated it. Yep. All right, so after the match, the attackers of Imperium show up with, or the the attackers of the Creed Brothers show up. They're wearing hoodies. You can see some silver hair. Sam Stoker and Lewis Howley, formerly known as, in fact, it, it, it was pretty deadly. We called it, my friend. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah, that was your call too. You busted that one out. D- was it just me, or did they? Say new names. I yep. didn't catch them, but yeah, did you did you write them down? Because they are no longer Lewis Hokley and Sam Stoker. They are now, and it's funny because I saw that they copyrighted a bunch of names yesterday, which ah. makes me a little worried. And these two names were on that list. They are now known, and I know I don't know which one's which. Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. Elton Prince is like a, a, it's like a half decent name if you don't think about it, but 
if you think about it for more than like two seconds, it's like a really cheesy bad name, not, similar to Apollo Cruz. Like the like if you don't think about it and just hear it, you're like, ah, oh, it's fine. But if you actually like, oh, Apollo Cruz for that guy is like actually the laziest and semi-racist name you could possibly think of. So yeah, very uh, very lazy kind of dumb name. What's the other one? Kit Eartha Kit. What's the Kit other one? Wilson sounds like uh, the Night Rider car or something. <laughs> Great call. Great call. Yeah, those are, I mean, they're they're not as bad as Carry On Cross or Damien Priest, but those aren't, uh, they, they're not great. So, are we to believe that Pretty Deadly are from Boston? Oh, yeah. There was the, the Boston area code thing. I wonder how they're going to explain that or if they will ever pay another uh, bit of attention to it. Exactly. But, yeah. Maybe they're, maybe they're from Boston, though. There you go. Pretty deadly in NXT. NXT For those who people who don't watch NXT UK, Matt, this is one of my favorite teams. I've been praising them for, for, for as long as we've been watching NXT UK regularly. 100%. They remind me of Edge and Christian before the first ladder match against the Hardy Boys. They're like the young, hungry Edge and Christian of NXT UK. That's, yep. that's what I would, that, that would be their pro comp if we were doing NBA draft. Yep, exactly. All right, so after this, the hardest-working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Uh, They had Mandy Rose. They were talking about their match against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. They talked about how they are going to win the titles back and end the careers of Kai and Gonzalez. Rose said toxic attraction is mad now, and they aren't just toxic attraction. They are the attraction, yada, yada, yada. I, I've said this before offline. I'm not sure. I think I've said it on the podcast once or twice. But uh, wrestling is never, ever faker than it is when Toxic Attraction are doing something. Toxic Attraction are the fakest thing in wrestling. I'm not even just talking about cosmetic surgeries, Boris. I'm talking about, like, they feel so inauthentic. It just feels so scripted every time they do anything. And Mandy Rose is a very charismatic person. Obviously, she's, like, stunning to look at. But, like, yeah, this, this act is the fakest thing in professional wrestling. Thing is, it's so cheesy WWE. Sorry, Gigi Dolan. You know, for lack of a better term, for lack of a, or for 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 a worse comparison, for better for worse, I should say. You know, she's basically like Paige, right? Like that's what she was in hmm. Stardom in the Indies. So this character is, is is just so weird, and 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 it's obvious because she feels like when she talks, even sometimes when she performs, she just feels so uncomfortable. Like like she seems so uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, man, that's another thing that we've uh, we've highlighted. She's she doesn't seem like she's herself in this character. I, Mandy Rose, this feels like Mandy Rose on 11 to some extent. And if not, she's just really good at at portraying this character. She is very comfortable. Uh, Gigi Dolan does not feel comfortable at all doing this character. Yep. All right, so Lash Legend was shown shadow boxing. Nikita Lyons was uh, doing a back hook kick. And roars because you know <laughs> her last name is Lion, so I see she has to uh-huh. roar. Oh, like so this show lion. was this show was well written. Good job, Bruce Pritchard. You genius, you you fucking genius. Yep. All right, Alicia Taylor introduces <laughs> Cameron Grimes as the new NXT American North American champion. Cameron Grimes makes his entrance in a nice spiffy looking suit. Grimes was acting humble and serious on his way to the ring, as opposed to his old like the over the top at eleven goofball self. Grimes takes the mic. He hypes up the crowd. He uh, the crowd gives him a "You deserve a chant," and then oh, and oh. then some pieces of shit 
in the crowd had the gonads to say, no, you don't. It's just like, fuck, wrestling fans are so stupid. God damn it. God damn it, some of us. And like, uh, honestly, some of the, some wrestling fans that I've met are like some of the best people I've ever met. I, I do love a lot of wrestling fans, but some of us are just the cringiest, biggest douchebags. And yeah, like this is, I, I do love Cameron Grimes and it's fake. Who cares? But like the people chanting and ruining the television show, no, you don't deserve the title after he won it for his deceased father is just like this crowd was so cringy. And this might have been the most annoyed I'd ever, ever been ever watching a wrestling show at the yep. crowd. I was actually, I was angry. And if we didn't do this podcast, this would be where I stopped watching NXT for like a month. Yeah. I would have just turned the show off and just been like, what is the fucking point of watching this stupid television show? Like, God. And it's, this was not Bruce Pritchard's, uh, Bruce Pritchard's fault, but God damn it. Again, that's so thing, angry. Right? Like, this is completely out of WWE's control, but... It just honestly ruined a moment. It ruined the show. And at this point, I'm just like, fuck this show. And fuck these idiot fucking hillbillies chanting this dog shit. Anyone at NXT 2.0 last night who chanted that, fuck you and fuck the angry hillbillies who raised you. Straight up. I'll say it to your face. <laughs> yep. I am, I am, uh, I'm, uh, I'm in a good mood, as you can tell. <laughs> All right, so Grimes said people always talk about climbing the ladder of success, and he literally did that at Stand and Deliver. He said time stood still when he climbed up the ladder. He said he remembers his father giving his blood, sweat, and tears for the business. Grimes said his father was a single parent, and he raised Grimes to be the man he is today. Grimes said he's busted his ass the past three years to prove that his father was indeed right. Grimes deserves to be a WWE superstar. He, he said it. It's, he said it's so awesome for him to now say that Cameron Grimes is your new North American champion. Uh, he says he's not going to be complacent, so you don't have to. You do not have to worry. He said he's going to make sure that this championship goes up, down, and around different trips to the moon. This is when Solo Sokoa comes out to confront Grimes. Solo said he came out to congratulate Grimes. He said that Grimes made good promises to his dad and brought it and showed it in his performance at Stand and Deliver. Solo said that uh, the hard part is now, where you got to hold on to the championship belt. He said he came to NXT to face the best and win championships uh, for his bloodline. I kind of like that line. He said he knows a champion needs a challenger, and that challenger is me. Grimes said he respects Solo. He says uh, he sees in Solo's eyes that he fought his way in his entire life. Essentially, long story short, he says, Uso, Us, you're on. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Solid promo. Despite the best efforts of the mouth-breathing, gravy-sweating, cousin-fucking hillbillies who were at 2.0 last night, this was still a good promo. <laughs> yeah, this was great. I I, I like this. Um, this is uh, I'm digging this serious Cameron Grimes character. Yeah, same. It's 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 an improvement on comedy guy. Although Cameron Grimes is like eight or nine out of ten comedy guy in wrestling, he's really really good. He can do that job, but he has so much more to offer wrestling than yeah. generic comedy douchebag. Yeah, this character of Cameron Grimes, in my opinion, could get over on the main roster. Hundred percent, million percent. All right, so Joe Gacy and Harlan, they're shown in front of a brick wall. Gacy cuts his usual menacing promo, 
but he's talking a lot about family and how important family is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Little smoking gun there for you later in the show, Boris. Yep. Uh, Draco Anthony, he's shaking nervously after watching the Gacy promo. Zion Quinn tries to cheer Draco up, but Draco snapped at him. Zion said that Draco needs to be taught a lesson in respect. Yeah, so uh, I'm not quite sure about this. I guess Joe Gacy needs new flunkies. Uh, Zion Quinn definitely has a real something, though. He's kind of like a male Cora Jade. He's not quite great at reading the scripted lines, but he's definitely got like a, a, a look to him, a vibe to him that that glues your eyes to the screen, you know? Yep. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> reading ahead. And we had to <laughs> suffer through that horrendous Duke Hudson, Persia Perota, uh, Dexter Loomis stuff again here. Yeah, I just fast forwarded this, but they they showed us basically the entire segment that we saw twice on uh, Saturday's uh, Saturday afternoon stand. I blame you. I blame you because when this aired live, when this aired live, he said, "I hope this is the only time we have to see this." (laughs) This is a good point. (laughs) I said that out loud, and they they really are milking this one. That is my fault. I apologize to you (laughs) and to the fans. All right, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Zaya Stateside, Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> Tiffany said it may be WrestleMania weekend, but people should be talking about the travesty of some schoolgirl costing her a match last week. Mackenzie said it was the Warrior of the Sun that cost her the match. Tiffany continued to rant and yelled that she is not a loser. Yeah, so very standard WWE promo. Tiffany Stratton's okay, though. She's figuring it out uh, slowly. She's one that we're watching grow in front of our eyes. So that's that's nice. She's not there yet. She is still very much developing, but the development is happening, you know? Exactly, and that's the thing, right? Like, I have no issue with, you know, the unfortunate part here is, like, you know, they're, they're throwing very green people on national TV. It's, the pressure must be high on some of these people, but... Week over week, someone like a Tiffany Stratton has improved in ring promos. So I'm okay with that. Like, I am honestly okay with seeing these people literally in trial by fire. Definitely. And that's, I guess, that's the only way you learn, or that is an effective way to learn, is uh, just being thrown into it and figuring it out. So, yeah, man, I, I, right. I get it. And she's doing well. I have zero fucking time for this next match. It was oh, Dexter man. Loomis versus Duke Hudson. This is embarrassing to professional wrestling. This is the type of stuff. This, you know, when the Johnny Knoxville Sami Zayn match started, it was one of those matches where it's like, thank God, so I'm only watching this with someone who actually knows wrestling because this is an affront to professional wrestling. And it ended up That's being funny. one of the highlights of the night. Okay. Now, <laughs> I, I, you gotta be a little tranquilo sometimes. Now, this match. Stayed as an embarrassment throughout the entire five minutes. Oh, my God. So, yeah, man. So, the names in this match, Dexter Loomis versus Duke Hudson. Just, if they went out and tried to have a G1 match, it would have sucked, right? So, these guys are not exactly, you know, it's not exactly Ishii versus Tanahashi. It's not exactly even Seth versus Cody in there. It's it's a, a green wrestler versus a bad wrestler. And this match went, what, like, it, it went probably four minutes that felt like 24 and ended with ended with a double count out after a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, like a, 
there's like a human game of tug and tug of war and all these all these people ended up rolling around on the floor just because that's that's what this gimmick is it's just all four of them rolling around on the floor together and then okay so when this match notice how fast they cut from this match yeah because it was trash it was dog shit and then as the next segment was happening the crowd gave this match shit and it's the only time throughout the entire night that the crowd was in unison that's really funny what were they chanting that was stupid that was stupid clop 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 yeah. clop yeah tough beat for imperium because they're chanting that was stupid over the imperium promo that aired following you know what i mean it was but um, I, they were referring actually, to the match it was actually dakota kai and raquel gonzalez good call yes yes it was yes good call um, anyways yeah, rate, rate terrible. That piece it's of a, shit of a match. Uh, sounds like you want to go negative stars. You said oh, the words affront. This is an affront. You said the this words. Is an <laughs> this is an embarrassment of my own time. I'm embarrassed <laughs> for myself. I'm angry with myself for even even thinking about writing down notes for this match. Oh my god! At this point, I'm like, hey, can we do another uh, SNME Radio Patreon contest and try to find some new hosts for NXT Good luck. talk? Good luck. I- <laughs> Yeah, good luck finding two other idiots who are fucking who are, who have enough self hatred in them to watch this show every week. But yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you, Boris. You won me over. Let's go negative. It is a minus one Technicolor belt out of five. Negative stars, an affront to professional wrestling, a waste of everyone's time, written by idiots for idiots. Yep, I'm embarrassed and angry at myself for even giving this match, for even allowing my eyeballs to watch this thing. Like, this is where I'm literally contemplating all of my life choices to get me to this very point in my life. Uh, <laughs> And I think this was, like, the low point. This really was the low point of the night for me. Um, and I know that we're sounding so bitter and angry. But after WWE puts on some good to stellar shows the past few days, we get this. It's just heartbreaking. It's just like it's just like Lucy pulling out the football again. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh yeah, they're never gonna truly get it right. They're never gonna truly get out of their own way. Cody Rhodes is gonna be booed in three months. Wrestling sucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews NXT women's tag team champions, Dakota Kai or Kel Gonzalez. They hype up their match against JC Jane uh and uh, Gigi Dolan, which is up next. I actually, I, I forgot, I knew this and forgot, but I laughed out loud when they called Toxic Attraction's finisher the Toxic Shock, Toxic Shock Syndrome by the uh, Toxic Attraction. That's just, that to me, that's just funny. That's, just, <laughs> that's uh, anyway, uh, did you notice that they completely missed their finisher to win the tag team titles? Oh, 1,000%. <laughs> Just a huge whiff. Winner via huge whiff. Winner via wind gust. Yeah. JC Jane and Gigi Dolan. Exactly. All right. Before the match, though, Marcel Bartel was ranting in German to Gunther. Gunther tells Bartel to calm down, be a little tranquilo. He says he's going to bring honor back to the sport later when he beats Breaker for the NXT championship. Bartel calms down enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't trust NXT. I don't trust them to make a sandwich, let alone like book a competent babyface. But Fabian Eichner could easily be the John Silver of the WWE. He could easily be that like huge, the Johnny Hungy. You know what I mean? He's got some Johnny Hungy vibe. And maybe if they are going to make him a babyface, it's not a disaster. Having said that, it is a disaster the way they did it. But 
Why would he be the baby face? He abandoned his partner. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. He abandoned the bad guys, though, right? But yeah. you're right. You're right. That's not exactly noble. It's not exactly heroic. It's, 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 it, yeah. Anyways, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, question Matt. And I don't remember this, and this is why I'm asking you. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, didn't they lose their first uh, night that they had the belts last time? I forget exactly how it happened. I believe they were awarded the belts and they immediately were they won lost the Dusty Cup. Uh, and then uh, Adam Pierce said no to NXT facing the tag team champs. So Regal gave them the NXT women's tag team belts. And I think which they that probably the lost the night that they were awarded. I think they lost yeah. to the way. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, you can go check Dakota Kai's Twitter because I think she tweeted out, well, at least we held them for longer than an hour this time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great. You know, being a Dakota Kai fan is one of the hardest things in this world. Oh, man. They have done that. They've done that poor woman so dirty. You know, Dakota Kai might as well join Legado del Fantasma at this point. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, she's full on Cobra Kai. Just jobber to the stars. Oh, man. All right, so Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez versus Toxic Attraction. Man, Raquel you know, Gonzalez. Credit where it's due. Yeah, credit where it's due, I actually did like this match. I thought it was above average. <laughs> I did, too. This match was pretty good. And, and and you know you know what match I think would be excellent? Gigi Dolan and Dakota Kai. Those two have some good chemistry in the ring. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Gigi does feel more comfortable in there with uh, Dakota, I think, than anything. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was, yeah, some of the, her best work has been in there against Dakota Kai. I like where your head's at on that. You know who doesn't have chemistry, funny enough? Who's that? Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. I agree, man. For two-time NXT Tag Team Champions who have been pushed so strongly together, they really have yet to form any kind of coherent uh, bond with each other, you know? All right, so story of this match, Gonzalez gets a leg injury, uh, trying to sell this off. Uh, you know, she's trying to beat off toxic attraction, uh, but, you know, the leg injury was eventually too much. Uh, Jane catches Kai with a neckbreaker uh, when she thought that Dolan was a legal woman. Jane hit Kai with a kick for a near fall. Jane ends up tagging in Dolan and hits Kai with a code breaker. A little later on in the match, Gonzalez went for a chingona bomb on Dolan. Jane catches Gonzalez in the injured knee with a chop block. Dolan hits Gonzalez with a question mark kick. Uh, Jane tags in. Jane and Dolan, quote unquote, hit Gonzalez with the high low kick combo. And but I'm using hit in the wrestling terms. But if uh, the way that the camera caught this was just the funniest woof whiff ever. Yeah, yeah, big time. It was yeah, that was like yeah, down zero and two in the count, swinging for the fences, kind of whiff. And yeah, they they win by missing toxic shock, and we have new tag team champions, Boris, in the NXT Women's Division. Yep, toxic traction wins. So there goes my theory of them being called up anytime soon. Having yeah, said uh, that, having said that, I do think Raquel Gonzalez isn't going to get the call up. She's ready, I think. She's definitely, she. I mean, she's not necessarily the best wrestler you're going to see in the women's division, but there's really not much left for her to learn or to accomplish in NXT. She's ready, for sure. Yep. So, yeah, I thought this was uh, on par with the uh, 
with the match on stand and deliver, which is solid ish. We're going to go somewhere around, you know, two and a half to three. We'll, we'll be generous to this one. Cause it's been a bitter podcast. We'll say three technicolor belts out of five for this. Yeah. One. This was a fine match. There was nothing wrong with this match. Probably toxic attractions. Best match. Question mark. I can't think of a better one. It was certainly better than the ladder match where six people almost died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, this is good. All right, so Joe Gacy and Harlan are yet again standing in front of the wall, and they once again are acting menacing, talking about family, and you know that you know something's up their sleeve, but we don't know what just yet. Yes, yes, interesting. We would find out very, very shortly. But again, like Joe Gacy, I like, and now that he's actually becoming an evil, crazy motherfucker, I like him even more. Like when he was just random HR guy saying things that you hate if you're a 65 year old boomer, then the character was pointless and dumb. But now that he's actually like devious and evil and interesting in some way, I love it. Yeah. All right. So what could have been, should have been something so good was such a train wreck so much show matt so much so i walked away oh you didn't even finish you didn't, didn't finish miss much this. buddy you I didn't, didn't fi- miss much so yeah so this guy aj galante i thought he was an actor i was wrong about that this man is not a professional actor let me tell you we know that is clear that this guy is not a professional actor aj galante is uh basically the son of the real life tony soprano there is there is word that the guy that tony soprano was quote unquote based on was aj galante's dad made famous for buying a uh it was a hockey team i believe in the uhl i want to see it was like the the altoona trashers some kind of trashers right danbury trashers the Danbury Trashers and AJ Galante basically was gifted the Danbury Trashers uh, general manager spot. His dad bought a hockey team and gave it to the 17 year old kid to run. And Galante turned the team into like a 1970s shit show. It's just people fighting people. They set a record for penalty minutes in that league. And then AJ Galante went to jail under the RICO Act for years. And now he's out. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. It's yeah, because uh, this guy really does remind me a lot of AJ Soprano. Let me tell you that. That's he is the. It's so funny he's AJ Galante because he is AJ Soprano like to a T. He's kind of like the the black sheep douchebag of the family. It seems like it's cool that they got someone who's actually like quote unquote connected. It really kind of makes Tony D'Angelo's character more real. But man, this guy's terrible. He's just, he just had no charisma, no anything. He didn't bring anything to the table except his name. Yeah. You know, they could have had him, but honestly, WWE, you couldn't get any Sopranos actor, like any, any B actor from that show. Uh, Polly Walnuts or something. You know how absolutely hilarious it would have been if like, uh, you know, uh, Dante came out or, or anybody. Christopher. Yeah. Like any. I'm oh, sure, man. I'm even sure AJ. Gotten even AJ any. Soprano. Exactly. I'm sure they could have gotten anyone to help pull this through but aj galant i feel like we're gonna get whacked for saying half of this stuff at this point now Um, (laughs) yeah sorry aj galante please don't shoot me but you're terrible at public speaking just terrible exactly so so (laughs) keep going matt yeah i don't don't know it was just like a long boring uh 
it was the the made man ceremony where AJ Galante comes out to introduce in a suit, mind you, Boris. Another good call by the big homie Boris, Tony D'Angelo, who is now a made man. A great idea for a segment, honestly. If they had a, a better sidekick in there for Tony D, this would have been a good one. But yeah, I just died to death because AJ Galante sucked. He got boring chance. You got crowd the crowd just heckling him straight up. Like, you suck. Like you heard, like you heard individual things that the crowd yelled because there was so little heat to this. Yeah, just a just a disaster. An absolute miss. Just a, just a miss of a segment. Yeah, was, yeah, like I said, I walked away. So that's that. Anything anything else happened here? No, and like I'm realizing after reviewing this, and I knew I was going to be bitter, but this definitely was the worst 2.0 show I've seen. Like there was there was a couple of decent things, but almost everything else was like terrible and confusing. Yeah. All right. Before the next segment, MSK. <laughs> More people have been messaging me about MSK and uh, stuff going Ugh. on with yeah. one of the members of MSK. Yeah, man, it's a very, very, very sticky situation. And if you know anything about Boris and I, I think like we, the, the domestic violence thing is a tough one for us. Like it's very, very near and dear to my heart anyway. And like, yeah, man, I, I, I want to like MSK. Uh, if there's any truth to these allegations, get that fucking guy out of the company. But mm-hmm. it, yeah, that's, it's just, yeah, it's a very tough situation. And I would say for all of us, and this is not a statement that I usually make, but let's not rush to judgment necessarily. And once we know the facts, then feel absolutely free to rush to judgment. You know? Exactly. That's exactly how I feel about this. But you know who I feel the absolute worst? Like in, 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 in from wrestling, not the situation, just from a wrestling point of view yeah. is Wesley. Yeah, man, I, I completely agree with you because he's been caught up on the undertow of this. Like the crowd hated Nash Carter for like some weird thing with Izzy that I don't really even know all the details of. And then now the crowd is is turning on Nash Carter for some serious allegations that may be completely unfounded or may actually be a real fucking serious thing. So, yeah, tough beat for his tag team partners for sure. But yeah, again, like. I don't know what to say about the MSK thing until we know more details. But uh, yeah, it, it just yeah, fuck. It's 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 tough. To, it's yeah. tough, man. It's yeah, tough. The only reason I bring it up is because we've been kind of dancing around it, and people yeah. have, like have sent me a message asking what's going on or have you seen this? Yes, we have seen this. We're not going to talk about it, and you know, we'll until more information is out, we'll we'll, we'll save judgment for that. Anyways, um, this entire promo is just a setup. Uh, Grayson Waller and Sanga versus MSK next week. Cool, yeah. Waller and Sanga getting a getting a tag team title match, and it does seem like uh, it's not a shoot injury, although he might be banged up. Grayson Waller working next week, so he didn't dislocate his elbow or something, right? Yeah. What do you think the odds of Sanga and Waller winning are? Huh. Well, you can never say never. They're hot-shotting belts around all over the place. But I would think that because they just changed the titles and because they're changing every other title up and down the card, I would think they win. I would think yeah. they win. I think they're going to win mainly because of the MSK stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree, man. It wouldn't shock me. But why put the belts back on MSK in the first place then? Who knows? I honestly don't know. Like, I think that... You know, they were WWE may have been hoping that stuff kind of stays in the internet for a little longer, but after they won, things just kind of blew up over the weekend. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I gotta get a refill on the water, homie. You take this for five minutes. All righty. All right. So Nikita Lyons makes her entrance. Oh my god, dude! I need you for this. 
<laughs> the next match was Nikita Lions versus Lash Legend. Lash Legend. All right, so this match essentially was Nikita Lions just 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 running amok over Lash Legend. Um, I have to say, Lash Legend, I believe, or maybe the bar for this episode was set so low that Lash Legend looked good in the ring. Oh yeah, no, easily, easily by a country mile, by a fucking Grand Canyon. This was the best Lash Legend match, like by far, by far. Nikita Lyons has looked this good in all of her matches, but yeah, yeah like this is Nikita Lyons' third match. It's Lash's fifth or sixth ever, and this was a win. This was a good match. It was very, very clearly choreographed. You know, very, very carefully beaten out, move by move, second by second. You can tell, but they. That's fine. That's fine. This was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was a hoss fight. It was a mean girl match, Boris. I like this. And you know what? I think you're on to something when you said that these two are going to be the Batman and Joker to each other's career. Yeah, I can see a long rivalry. If they both stick around, this could easily be like a pay-per-view main event. Dare I say WrestleMania world title match down the road? Easily could be. Yep. All right, so Lions ends up winning. She does her splits leg drop for the win in about four minutes, 45 seconds. Yeah, another missed roundhouse kick here, but those are tough. Like, honestly, I'd rather you miss a roundhouse kick than straight up boot someone in the face, I guess. It's a Mercedes very, very tough Martinez. Move. Remember Mercedes <laughs> Martinez? Oh, oh, Zylee, dear sweet heaven. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, but yeah, honestly, good match. One of the best on the show. Let's go three out of five. Three Technicolor title belts out of five. Tip of the cap to you, ladies. Good show. Yep. Tony D'Angelo and AJ Glon were chatting outside. My boys and gal, Legado del Fantasma, come up. And I absolutely love this. Escobar gave D'Angelo a handshake. He he congratulates D'Angelo on becoming the Dawn of NXT. He said he's also issuing a warning to D'Angelo just to keep his business out of Legado's business. It was at this moment, Boris, that I was like, you know what? This this Boris, this Boris, this partner of mine, he might be onto something with the Santos is better than Andrade thing. Andrade has never, ever cut a promo even close to as good as this. Never once. Never, never something in the neighborhood. And here's the thing, my friend. Andrade is basically Santos Escobar now. That's really funny. Yeah, that's kind of his character. Yeah, yeah. now that he's doing whatever he does, <laughs> running whatever that group is called. Um, uh, exactly. yeah, Andrade family office, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. AFO. I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, um, I, I like, I, like, sorry, Santos Escobar is a good talker, right? Like, and, and that's the one up that he has on a lot of the Latino wrestlers that have come across in, in, in WWE in general. So this is why it just pains me even more when this guy isn't getting the promotion you know the 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 push uh, the move to the main roster he is a latino that can attract latino viewers in my opinion can wrestle and can talk I, yeah, he's not the type that it seems like Vince McMahon will ever treat as a star. Hope I'm wrong about that cuz I agree with you man. I think he has all the tools except for size. All the tools. Yep. All right. Main event time for the NXT Championship Braun Breaker versus Gunther. Real test for Braun Breaker. And like I was saying on Saturday, and it pains me to say this, Gunther, Walter, is just not special anymore. He's just another guy on the roster. Um, 
Yeah, man, I agree with that. I don't know if you could say full on. He's no, he's not special. I like, I that's no. It's okay. I, so, I agree. I know what you're saying. Not I know special. What you're saying. He's not a monster. He's not like no. that terrorizing mofo who you are scared shitless of when he shows up. Absolutely not. No, man, I agree with that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. We we did this rant uh, a couple times, but yeah, they just they chipped away at him. They changed his name. They changed his music. They they made him lean up a little bit. And they just chipped away at everything that made Walter Walter. And it, it, Walter actually, I uh, did an interview recently. Sorry, Gunther, where he said like. I think the reaction to my name change was overblown. If I started as Gunther and then changed to Walter, people would still be upset. And I, I personally, I disagree with that. I don't think, I, I don't think people are mad at change for the sake of change. I think people are so mad at numerous changes, which added nothing and actively detracted, you know? Yep. He, this is WWE Gunther now. This is WWE Walter, right? Like Gunther is now a WWE character who, you know, reminds you of that guy, Walter, but isn't quite Walter. Exactly right. Yeah. A Walter tribute act. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So this match, Braun Breaker versus Gunther, 13 minutes. Braun Breaker wins. You know, this was just a good, just two big guys chopping away at each other. Yeah, big slabs of meat slapping into each other. Yeah, this was a, this was by far the best match on the show. Very, very good match. One of the best of Breaker's career so far. Uh, his very, very short career uh, with a dumb, dumb angle to close off the show. But, you know, this match itself was very, very solid. Like you said, 13 minutes plus and just all action. Some some snug work, Some a, a really nasty big boot. Breaker got hit by a by a running Gunther big boot, which probably made Brody Lee smile up there in the clouds because that thing was fucking devastating. Yeah. Um, Gunther at one point goes for a splash. Breaker catches him midair with a spear. That looked so dangerous, but so well executed at the same time. Yeah, that is a couple big men pulling that spot off. Very dangerous for sure. But yeah, it looked, it looked great. Yep. Uh, Gunther puts uh, Breaker in a sleeper. Breaker escapes, though. Um, he uh, After a jawbreaker and a lariat, Breaker powers up, hits Gunther with a military press power slam, gets a completely clean win over Gunther in about 13 minutes, 6 seconds. What else is there to say about this? Yeah, damn fine match. If you watch anything on this show, this is the only thing worth your time. It's worth 15 minutes of your time or 1326 of your time. You can turn off the show directly when the bell rings. You don't need to see what happens next. But uh, yeah, no, very, very strong match to close out NXT. Let's go three and three quarter Technicolor titles out of five. But wait, there's more because Rick Steiner shows up on the Tron. He congratulates his son for being NXT champion. And he also says that he's proud of him. Man, NXT, at some point, someone needs to call the cops because this man was kidnapped, put in a cage, held by Joe Gacy and Harlan. Harlan had a pipe and chain as he bangs on the cage. Gacy said he told Braun that family is everything, and he wants to see if he and Harlan can teach this old dog some new tricks. Much like whose line is it anyway, Boris, NXT 2.0, the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. In this case, the rules or the laws don't matter on this show. It is so fucking lazy to just do something like this and just be like, ah, who cares? It's wrestling. We don't need to explain any consequence. We don't need to even tell you what's going to happen. It's just a terrible, dumb 
uh, quote unquote cliffhanger to end the show that makes wrestling look fake. And it's just like, ah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, yep. This show was terrible. And it, so, so he's got, he's got Rick Steiner chained in a cage in the back of the arena. And we're just off. We're just off the air. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Matt's on my up own on my, I think Matt's giving up on NXT right now. He's just laughing or coughing. He's he's done. He's over it. Almost says like I'm choking on my own rage here. <laughs> yeah, so that was that. That was NXT. Anyways, oh. shall we go to NXT UK? Oh, for the love of God, please. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to get a better cut to NXT UK than that. <laughs> oh, oh, Lordy. Thank you. Thank God this show exists. This was a perfectly fine, enjoyable, sensical hour of professional wrestling, Boris. It really was. It really was. And this this episode could have been lost in the shuffle of so much good wrestling. But in my opinion, it did hold up. Uh, you know, considering how much wrestling there was last weekend, considering yeah. that literally as the show ended, Bloodsport went on the air. That's a really good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, man. Yeah, this uh, it was lost. It, it wasn't going to have a five star match or anything like that. It was a little lost, but it, it it's so consistent. NXT UK, I feel like, you know, it has earned our trust and respect. Speaking of trust and respect, Amal versus Zaya Brookside starts the show. Yeah, interesting match. Uh, WWE, even NXT UK, they only know one way to push a babyface, and that's put them through the ringer, torture them, have them lose a lot, and that's how they'll get over. That's why I think Cody Rhodes, though he will, will win the world title, ain't going to be for a long time. That guy's going to get fucked out of the world title numerous times in the coming months. And uh, we're seeing that same gimmick with a, with Amel. Ever since she's become the French hope, she's losing more than she's winning. Yep, exactly. And you say that because Zaya Brookside does indeed win. Amal sent Brookside back in the ring when they were outside. A quote-unquote fan hits Amal. Brookside brought Amal back inside. Uh, hits the broken wings for the win in 5 minutes and 55 seconds. Yes, the broken wings, pretty good move. I've seen it used a couple other times too. It's like a, it's like a backstabber to the legs, though, to the feet, not the knees. And uh, yeah, uh, Zaya Brookside now has a bodyguard. Yep. You know what really bothers me in professional wrestling? Okay, how would you rate this match before I go on my rant? Oh, we're gonna go three Novas out of five. It's a it's solid sixty percent no Amdar percentage. Please continue, buddy. All right. You know what bothers me in professional wrestling? and Because we, we just talked about, you know, obeying laws and, and stories that make sense. And and, and oh, I know a lot of people are going to probably disagree with me, but I absolutely loathe when someone just steals a title belt. Oh, that's interesting. That's your girl, Isla Dawn, you're talking about, too. I know. Um, I just don't like it. Like what? Like what? Like what? Like like someone just step in and take it back. Like I don't. I don't. I don't get it. Like that's why I absolutely hate this whole Adam Cole stuff and 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 you know the whole undisputed elite or elite and whatever the fuck yeah. they're called. You know, I, I just, I just say, don't man. like it. I don't like that's, it. 
That's per- that's perfectly fair. It's kind of a dumb, lazy story, and we're seeing it like with this Isladon thing. We're seeing it with Adam Cole. We just saw Cora Jade steal titles and trap Toxic Attraction like they were Looney Tunes characters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's happening a lot in wrestling these days. Yep. Anyway, so Isla Dawn essentially tells Miko Satamora that, that she's going to have to do exactly as she says if she wants to see her title back. And that's really what kicked off this rant. It's just like, can can someone just do something? Can't you just like, you know, hey, hey, woman, give, <laughs> give the title back. Like if you're if you're the GM, right? Like I just don't. It's stupid. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say, except I agree. It's uh, stupid and it's so overdone now that it's lazy to. But uh yeah, just not not the most engaging story in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah, all right. Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter, dude. They are turning into my favorite wrestlers in NXT UK right now. Yeah, they're great. They're definitely, yeah, they have grown a lot. I'm digging the Tyler Bate, Trent Seven story. This is a very good match and very good little feud they have brewing here. Yep, so the match was Trent Seven with Ashton Smith. Remember that uh, Tyler Bate already lost to Oliver Carter, so if Ashton Smith beats Trent Seven, then Carter and Smith do, in fact, get a tag team opportunity. Why did I just say opportunity? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, WWE speak has rotted your brain, buddy. Yeah, this match was good, and this is the thing. It was only 8 minutes and 50 seconds, that was the perfect amount of time that you needed to for to have a good match and to tell a good story. Hundred percent, hundred percent. They didn't need to go any longer, and they they accomplished everything they needed to with this match. I did like it a lot, and man, I I don't know what it is about Trent Seven. He's not my favorite wrestler, but I'm very intrigued to see how the bait seven thing plays out, and I assume it might end because they've they've talked so much about retirement and. Uh, Trent Seven needing to hold these titles to have a reason to stay in NXT UK. This has got to end with a career match that Seven loses, right? I would assume so. Now, just remember, last week, Seven said that he will do anything, anything to win this match. And that's exactly what happened because he grabbed a handful of tights on a roll-up for the win. Sorry, I took a drink just then. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, solid bit of storytelling wrapped in a solid wrestling match. I had a lot of time for this. I like this a lot. Yeah. So, how many uh, supernovas crumpets would you give this match? Let's let's go uh, three and a half super crumpets out of five, Boris. It's a seventy percent uh, no MDAR percentage on this. Yep. And I think you said it last week. Was it last week? I don't know. Last the past seven days have just melted together. <laughs> Anyways, Wild Boar. He's really grown on me. Yeah, I like Wild Boar. He's yeah, he's he's a unique character in WWE. Not many guys like this. Like a short, ugly, toothless guy cutting 1980s kind of promos with like the 2022 production behind him. But yeah, this Wild Boar is a throwback. Yeah, so he cuts a pretty good promo on Eddie Dennis. I really liked it. This is very like I think you you hit the nail on the head. This is very 80s old school, you know, uh, 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 superstars type of promo. Yeah. Superstars, 1990, 87-ish, that range. That's what this felt like. Yep. All right. So Seven and Bate, uh, along with Smith and Carter, they have a heated argument over the way the match ended. Sid Scala splits them up and said the five of them would have to talk next week to sort stuff out. Yeah. Interesting. Where do you think this goes? Two out of three falls? Are we seeing that? I think we're going to see two out of three falls. Yep. I think that makes the most logical sense. I agree. I hope so. That would be a damn fine match. Yep. All right. Uh, Tate Mayfairs versus Kenny Williams. 
I really liked Tate Mayfair's in this match. I think he's got uh, he's got something for sure. He's definitely a, a good, charismatic young babyface wrestler. Yep. Uh, so Sam Gradwell just shows up from under the ring. He rolls Mayfair's into the ring. Uh, he holds off Williams on the outside. Uh, the referee ends up counting to 10. So t- uh, Tate Mayfair's actually ends up beating Kenny Williams via countout in five minutes, 55 seconds. Yeah, the Kenny Williams, Sam Gradwell feud much co- must continue. But yeah, good stuff here. I like this a lot. We're going to go another three out of five for this one. Three supernovas out of five. Wolfgang gives an interview celebrating the possibility of his Gallus stablemate Mark Coffey winning the Heritage Cup championship. De Familia appears, and Charlie Dempsey questioned why only Gallus could celebrate British heritage. Yeah, interesting. Charlie Dempsey, future NXT Heritage Cup champion, gonna be gonna be a good time. Future Owen Hart Cup winner, Charlie Dempsey. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Charlie Regal, baby. It's coming one day. Coming to a AEW show in 2025. It's going to happen sooner than we think, I think, honestly. When when Vince sees like that line item, NXT UK, on the budget. <laughs> and then, yeah, Char- Charlie Regal will come sooner than later. Uh, I hope the Blackpool Combat Club stays around long enough for him to actually get to AEW. I, I legitimately hope that's the case. Yep. Uh, Dempsey's going to face Wolfgang next week. Uh, Mark Coffey versus Noam Dar for the Heritage Cup Championship in this match. Yeah, I mean, uh, these these Heritage Cup matches are always so good. They, it's literally a foolproof formula. You'd have to have two terrible wrestlers in there. This was one of the weaker ones still, yeah. but it was still very good. Still very, very good. Just shows you how strong the uh, Heritage Cup matches usually are. Yep. Dar ends up winning two rounds to one. This match ends up going five rounds. And... You know, dare I say that this was kind of stereotypical for Heritage Cup. Like it was, you know, oh, yeah. you get some close calls, you get, you know, the, the the one guy gets the pin and then, you know, they go back and forth and then it's just like, yeah, this is typical. It wasn't bad, uh, but it was Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's true. It was formulaic. Boris is the word you might use, but you know what? Ric Flair had a formula. Hulk Hogan had a formula. Like the, the wrestling sometimes has a formula. Yeah. Exactly, and there's there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's just like, I don't know, like for me, the Heritage Cup matches have just been, you know, nothing under four stars, right? So, yeah, and this was under. I wouldn't call it great, but it was still very good, so I, I agree with you. Yeah, so how would you rate this match? We're going to go, we're going to go three and a half supernovas for the great Noam Dar in another solid cup defense by the man. Yep, exactly. That was NXT UK. Not the strongest of episodes, no five-star classics, but, you know, very respectable episode, much better than NXT stateside from last night. Oh, my God, yeah. The worst 2.0 I think we've seen to date was last night. And a very solid NXT UK to cleanse the palate, to remind me that I do love wrestling and I'll be back next week, Boris. Exactly, right? And and it's funny because when I say it's the worst episode, I'm including the debut episode also. <laughs> yeah, man. I I actually like... I, very few wrestling shows these days that make me angry. I was mad at the crowd during the Cameron Grimes thing. Like I was like, it's stupid to watch this show. This is a waste of my time. I would have turned it off for a long time had it not been for this podcast. Yep, exactly. All right, so that is uh, NXT, NXT UK. Matt, anything to say before we go? No, I think uh, we wrapped it up. Sorry for my potty mouth. I'll be a little uh, less angry next week, I'm sure. 
And uh, yeah, big things happening at SNME in the coming weeks. Very excited. Yeah, tons on the go, tons going on. So, bam, I think we're going to have a little special bam this week. We're going to have not one, but two episodes of bam. We kind of want to do a, uh, a wrap-up to WrestleMania weekend. Uh, there's a couple shows we want to talk about, uh, specifically Impact and the ROH Supercard of Honor show. And then we're going to kind of give you our list for top five matches of the weekend. And then on our regular BAM show, what are we going to be talking about, Matt? Uh, definitely lots of sports to catch up on. Big homie. We got the, uh, the uh, NCAA tournament ended. We got a lot of uh, MLB preview that we should probably talk about. Maybe not go through every one of the teams, but we'll give you a, a soft MLB preview. The things we're excited for. The Toronto Blue Jays all-star team. Uh, NBA's wrapping up. Your boys, the Lakers, not only have they missed the playoffs, they've missed the play in. They can't even squeak in the back door anymore. So yeah, lots of lots and lots of sports and whatever wrestling we don't get on uh, get to in the uh, WrestleMania weekend wrap-up show. Yep, and I think we're going to be talking some stardom and New Japan Cup. Uh, yes, I still have to watch the semis and the finals of the New Japan Cup. Too much damn wrestling out there. But I uh, will do that for sure. Yep. All right, so also on the SNME channel, so we have the old fucks, the return of Dan the Mouth Lavransky this week on All Elite Weekly as him and Joe Aguinaldo talk all things AEW Dynamite. That's coming to you on Thursday. On Friday, you're going to get not one, but dose episodes of BAM. Then on Saturday, you get not one, but dose episodes of different podcasts. You're getting the... Smack Daddy's talking all things SmackDown. Then you have the Dark Side of the Elite talking all things AEW Rampage on their Rampage roll-up. Then on Sunday, Mark McGuire's back on the flagship show giving you all the news, <laughs> Mike, all the Mike hits. Mike, Mark McGuire's Mark, not on the flagship show. Did I call him Mark? Ooh. You called him Mark. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Mike McGuire. Mike McGuire. Now, you see, now I actually have to apologize to him for something. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It would be nice to have Mark McGuire on the show. Don't get don't get us wrong, but Mike is do Mike is better than Mark. I definitely at this. Yep. So Mike McGuire is back on Sunday on the flagship show, and then that's uh, pretty much how the, how things go around here. He's Matt. A dog. I'm Boris. Till next time. Goodbye. Yeah yeah yeah.